Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. And I am Tiffany, Liquid Enthusiast. Welcome to episode 30 of Beer Nuts the Podcast Link Up series. 30 episodes, eh? I know, wild. wild. It kind of feels wild. It kind of feels wild. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, I can't believe they racked up like that. Yeah. But yeah it's, it's, uh, how long has it been? A year and a bit? A year and a little bit? Six series. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty sick. It's actually yeah. been. Since we launched the first one, two years. I think it was August 2021. Okay, well, there you go. Look at that, eh? Time flying. Yeah. So, this is week two of series six of Link Up, uh, our you know series of six collaborations. This is the second week. Uh, we are remaining, you might have heard last week, with Sam from Soda City, where they delivered a glorious lemongrass rice lager, and we are sticking with Ontario with oh, a yeah. brewery that's been one of my faves. I feel like one of the underdogs of Ontario beer since they've been around. But if you know, you know. It was like one of my favorite, uh, I don't know, was it a double IPA? What was that pineapple? Uh... Yeah, it's a Holy Trinity pineapple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was what was that? Is that a, a... single IPA? I think okay, it's 7%. IPA. We will Ooh. get corrected on that. That one I think about sometimes still. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if they still do They must still do it. Okay. We can find out. Well, yeah. Um, so if you're an Ontario um, you know, beer fan, you probably know who we're talking about. So we're going to bring them on in and just get this going. Guys, please welcome Dane from Rouge River Brewing in the building. Hey, hey. What's up, Steve? What's up, Chris? What up, brother? <laughs> Welcome. Great to finally have you on the pub, my man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've been listening since day one, so it's nice to be on here. Yes, oh, cool. I, I feel like we've been talking like since day one in you in different aspects. You've been in, involved in beer. Is that am, am yeah. I remembering right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, before I was in beer. I started listening to you guys when it was you and Scotty. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the good old days. And uh, yeah, loved it. And then once I finally got into the industry, I think I started reaching out a little bit more and and, uh, trying to chat with you. Hell that's yeah. a cool throwback, right? Scotty. That's how you know you were you were listening back then. Oh, Triple yeah. OG, yeah, yeah. yeah I know you. Know, you've been around. You've been in beer a while and stuff. And I know you've been in different places. And that you're at the at a wicked spot to be first and foremost. It's you know Jordan's the man. Rouge River do, I feel like people know, like I, don't, I always call them like underdog because I just feel like they should be talked about more for the haze. And I feel like they are, you are, but sh- am I misinterpreting that? Am I maybe? No, you know? no, I feel the same way. I, okay, uh, the, honestly, the very first time that I had Rouge River, I didn't know anything about it. I came across this brewery in Markham that said artisan ales on it. And I thought the person opening this up uh, must be crazy, but uh, <laughs> I, I bought the IPAs. And I brought him home and I was blown away. Like even at that point, I was like, why is nobody talking about this? This is amazing. Mm. Uh, and it still kind of is that way to this day. But uh, when Jordan hit me up to come work here, it uh, was the easiest, easiest yes for my life at that point. <laughs> oh, I bet, man. It's uh, it's definitely the spot to be. And we just had the pods of people of, you know, listening to this series. And, you know, if you go back a few episodes on the, the main adjunct series, we had Jordan on, I don't know, it feels like a few weeks ago, but I, I think so, no? no idea about time. It probably yeah. was released a few weeks ago, but we might've done it a month or two ago. Who even knows at this point, but we had a great chat. We went through a bunch of stuff. And one of the styles that we started talking about, we started off with was a crispy and Jordan was expressing he's sort of he's he's now learning to sort of fall in love with a crispy and I really find that it was perfect that that is what you guys decided to do for your link up beer which I guess we should uh, show the people um 
you guys delivered, uh, I'm very excited about this, a West Coast Pilsner, which is super cool. Oh, Dane can hold that. There she comes. There she comes in here. There we uh, go. That's the one. Looking glorious. Look at that. 5.1%. Um, I don't know. I like. I I sort of. I really enjoyed about uh, Jordan's personal journey that you know he's a haze haze kid and and obviously that speaks to my heart. But also the fact that he's sort of like been you guys been doing more lagers over the last maybe year or so, and he's sort of starting to get the style. And obviously he gets it because he's making them and he's killing it. But like you know, oh. really start to personally um, fall in love with the style a little bit, which I, I appreciated that that you know. He's learning, and I bet the lagers are only going to keep getting better and better and better as as you guys keep making them. You know? Yeah, without a doubt. When I started, we'd never made a lager before, uh, and then I had oh. Jordan uh, make Ridges, our, our pilsner, which is ah. named after the neighborhood I grew up in. And the good thing about Jordan is that even though he wasn't in love with the style at the time, he put everything he had into learning how to make that that beer. And now it's it's honestly beautiful, and a lot of his lagers are really, really, really dialed in so the west coast pills was the the next challenge for him and i think he hit it out of the park hell yeah man so a uh, uh, west coast pilsner so what makes this beer specifically a oh let me get that shot that was a nice uh, hold up there what makes this one specifically a west coast pilsner uh so the pilsner base is really similar to our german pills ridges so it's it's got uh, bohemian floor malted pilsner malt uh, as the base, so it gives you that nice bready character. Um, but the hops are all West Coast, old school West Coast. So, so Simcoe and Centennial. Simcoe is going to give you uh, a lot of that orange, that marmalade almost, a little bit yeah. of like an herbal character, and then some of the pine. And then that Centennial is going to give you a bunch of citrus and pine as well. So the two of them just give you that uh, that old school West Coast pop. Oof, yeah, man. As soon as we cracked the can, I was just like, oh, yeah, I could smell that like next to me. Um, let me get that photo real quick. It's it's oh here we go. Super cool. I I want to ask about it. We're gonna talk about that yeah, in a we'll second. Ready? Gotta get that. Um, first and foremost, I need to sip this. So Dane, cheers. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us, brother. Appreciate you. Cheers. Thanks for cheers. having me. Genuine pleasure. Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Would you say awesome. it was Centennial Simcoe? Simcoe. Oh yeah, yeah. So that nice sort of dankness. Oh yeah, um, super crisp, great. Uh, like you're saying that um, it was floor malted Czech malt. You said uh, the floor malted, uh, yeah, Pilsner malt. Pilsner from malt, Germany, sorry. but uh, Czech style. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, floor mom's noting this as you're doing a floor malted malt, and it was the uh, Centennial and Simcoe. Um, why did you guys choose this particular style for the Link Up beer? <sighs> I think it has a good degree of accessibility, which was important to us, um, but also I think is up and coming. So I've been wanting to make a West Coast Pills for a while, uh, but it's one of those things where I didn't have a concept or like a reason or a name or, or whatever for it. Okay. Um, so when this, when this came up, it seemed like a perfect opportunity to do something that I was interested in doing anyways, uh, but that actually would work well for, for introducing people to, uh, to beer and introducing people to what we do, right? Yeah. So people love lagers, people love crispies, uh, but we are all about the hops for the most part. Uh, so for, yeah, for us to do something that's like very Rouge River, uh, I feel like this is like the evolution of where we're at now. Mm. Uh, we've kind of done a lot of IPAs. We've done a lot of lagers now, and now we're kind of putting the two together. Hell yeah. 
Uh, um, I love that explanation. I mean, that makes a lot of sense being that, you know, you, for people who don't know, you guys are like one of the haze lords of, yeah. uh, of the province. And um, taking that, I like the idea, like we said, man, like taking that sort of ethos and bringing it to, to lagers. Personally, I love a dry hop. This is dry hopped, I imagine, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. yep. Um, and it was dry, dry hopped with the Centennial and Simcoe? Correct, yeah. Hell, yeah. Um, it's just so clean, though. Um and it works perfectly. I like, you know, you've got the old school sea hop with the maybe it's, how would I say new school? Simcoe isn't totally new school, but <laughs> delivering that real dankness in there, which works so well with this. Yeah, Simcoe is super old school, but it's just hung around a little more than Centennial. Centennial you don't see as often. Mm. Uh, but yeah, these these West Coast style beers, they just have like a, a crispness to the finish, a nice like bitterness that just makes them like perfect for food, perfect for, yes. for drinking on a hot day. They're They're awesome. Yeah, man. Great bitterness as well. Nice mm-hmm. and grassy. A little bit of herbal, a little floral in there. Money. This is Delicious. Dude. Really, yeah, really, really good. Really impressed. I knew this was going to be fire. So <laughs> the label I want to ask you about as well. Now, I love this can label. I guess it's the sick. inspiration? Because if I'm, I, I'm, I think I know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping you would know. <laughs> I really hope I'm not wrong here because now, now I'm looking at it. I'm like, I know. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, I know this. Yeah. Um, and then and I, I love it because it's in the title. The Rouge River and Link Up joint. Yeah. So is it um do the right thing? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Just double checking. And that's why I like <laughs> the joint. That's why it. I like a Rouge River and yes. Link Up joint. It's very cool to do. And then here they have it on there on the right side on this side. Oh yeah. shit! I didn't always see that. do the right ah, thing, and it feels good because it's like you're always doing the right thing by supporting. You know, that's very cool. The industry. Oh man, that's I love that's, it. It's so sick. Where did that idea come from? Oh, of course. And then this right here. Yeah. So this is something I would have always loved to do, but I didn't know if I would ever have the right uh, the right opportunity. Uh, so this beer is made for the label. It's made for my dad. Uh, so he, this is his favorite movie. Uh, he made me watch this movie uh, when I was a kid. Instead of uh, like my dad showing me Star Wars or <laughs> stuff like that that other people's dads showed them, he was making me watch Spike Lee movies. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's really really important to him. So my dad's a, a person of color, and for him, like having us grow up like understanding race dynamics was really important and this movie is like made a huge impact on me uh when i was a kid and if i could you know when i show it to people uh, i hope that Mm -hmm. it does the same for them so if i can spread a little bit of the word about this movie by putting it on the label here then then i'm happy to do that for sure that's that's really cool Dude, cool. that's awesome. Uh, your dad sounds really dope. Um, that's awesome. That yeah. <laughs> you're watching yeah, Do yeah, the awesome. Right Thing and Hear You. That's sick. Yeah. I like it. Uh, this has to be one of my favorites, though. I just love it. Like, the artist did such good work. Uh, yeah, really authentic it. to yeah. that. And I, I didn't know that um, about you, bro. I think that's even cooler because it's super authentic to yourself and to the brewery. And it's something that you've already wanted to do. And I guess this is, like, like you said, kind of like the perfect canvas for it. To, to be for able sure. to do something like this, yeah. For sure. I don't think I would have been comfortable putting uh, a label like this together on a beer that we were making profit on. So to do it on something that's actually going to a great cause uh, just makes it like the perfect opportunity for me. Hell yeah, man. Look how that uh, lines up. Nicely. Do people uh, pick it up? Yeah, it's beautiful, yeah. right? Do people pick up on that? Like, have you had so far? Obviously, it's been out, I think, a, a week or two now, two weeks probably. Has, has people like picked up on the label yet? Uh, only once, only once is somebody, I, so I don't spend a ton of time in the, in the tap room. Uh, these days I'm on the road a lot. Uh, but from what I've noticed, so only one person's, uh, mentioned it to me. 
but they were they were pretty psyched. Like the the kind of person that usually comes in and buys one of of whatever's new, and they bought twelve. So nice. But, uh, I, I, yeah, okay. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah, dude. That's mm. awesome, man. I'm sure they're very happy because the beer is awesome, is delicious. So yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is money. I like. I, I, I love the them. idea as well. I'm a big fan of like you know just dry hot pilsners and stuff, and the fact that you're going and taking that and made a unique beer that mm. also aligns with what you normally do as far as like you said with the hops and then bringing in the artwork that ties into your cultural heritage as well as the mission of link up it's this real like beautiful kind of like everything coming together a nice little circle there that's liberal yeah. um so i mean this is kind of almost now with that uh context is a kind of like a no-brainer but you know always the first question of these podcasts aside from once we're finished with the beer is you know what about link up sort of resonated with you and the the team at rouge river to want to get involved yeah jordan and i since i started have talked about ways we can get involved in making the community a better place and and just making our tap room like a more inclusive and better place too right how do you convey to the customer that they're welcome right away you can't say to every single person, hi, welcome to Rouge River. Like no matter your race, creed, whatever, you're welcome here. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of words when it's busy. So uh, how can we do little things around the tap room uh, in order to let people know like that everybody here is, is welcome and safe. And, and it, uh, it started before link up, uh, it started internally. So uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while, but we decided first to get together um, with the team and, and put together a, proper like diversity and inclusivity policy, proper code of conduct, uh, make sure those things are well displayed in the tap room. Um, because it's inviting people in is the easy part, uh, but making sure that they're, you have a safe place for them to come to is a lot more complicated. So uh, we could have easily started doing some more like outward work uh, right away. But if we were inviting people into an environment the, in our tap room that was potentially unsafe or not welcoming, then that that wouldn't be well, it wouldn't be right. So uh, we definitely started like internally with the team, focused on our hiring practices, focused on getting that code of conduct and everything together, mm-hmm. um, diversifying our vendors list so that all of our uh, events uh, have a more diverse uh, crowd at them. Hmm. Uh, and then from there, we decided that the next step would make a lot of sense to do link up because. Uh, one, Jordan and I are both advanced Cicerones, so we, we appreciate um, like the, the effect that beer knowledge can have uh, on getting a job in, the, in this industry. I got the job, my first job in beer because I um, had done some beer school mm, uh, and they nice. appreciated that. I, I had no experience whatsoever uh, and there were more experienced candidates who applied. Um, but because I'd done a lot of beer education on my own, and I'd, I'd gotten a few certifications on my own, they saw that as like a, a drive that's like more more important than having a year or two of, of experience already. So um, nice. if we can provide that to, to a more diverse crowd and help them get into the industry, it, it, it helps us all for sure. So wow. that, was, uh, that, was, that was big for us. Amazing. So I love hearing that about the Cicerone Honestly, certification. Yeah, you're walking the talk. Yeah, because that's literally what we're trying to do. So hearing that, it's just like, okay, beautiful. The like You can see the value in, in making sure that we provide those scholarships. So that's awesome. A hundred percent. It makes a massive difference. And when I walked into my first interview, uh, my uh, director of sales at the time said that, you know, I can teach you how the LCBO works. I can teach you how the beer store works, but I can't teach you the like love and passion for the industry. So because you have that already, let's like, let's go. So awesome. it, uh, it's definitely helpful and you guys are doing a really great thing. Thank you, man. I feel like though, like you can't, you're right about the passion and it does take 
a pretty decent amount of passion to get through Cicero. And from what I've seen, it's it's a it's a very comprehensive program. Um, you know, the the first level, a lot of people can finish it in in, in twenty four hours. We've given people uh, awarded scholarships, and then twenty four hours later, like, cool, finish level one. Can I get level two? <laughs> I'm like, damn, right, yeah, you're, you're geez. I love those. Um, yeah. So you know, even just to do that is like, okay, so you really do have to have that, and that that's a great point. And I guess that's part of the mission is to try and generate that passion for it to be able to get through that schooling part it seems um difficult but yeah, it's not impossible you know mm -hmm. it's a lot to learn there's just so much to it where maybe people don't think there's that much to know mm -hmm. in beer so that's part of the journey is to try and like let people know like hey man, this is a very compl complex uh industry a complex product that has many nuances to it whether it's the serving side the brewing side the pairing side mm -hmm. and that's what you've already stepped up and done so that's amazing dude yeah, hundred percent, and it uh, it'll only carry you further through through your career too. Even when changing from my previous brewery to Rouge River, I had some experience in the industry at that point. But the real reason that Jordan uh, reached out to me is because we he knew that we spoke the same language. Like there was enough mm. beer education there that he wouldn't have to like explain anything to me when it came when it comes to the beer side. That part we like we're in sync on, and then we can just we can just go from there. So right. uh, it makes it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Awesome. And like, like Tiff, like you said, like that's exactly what we've been saying to people that, and Jacob from Sankey and Baron, who's one of our partners in Link Up, he always said, and they, you know, they own a brewery in, in Gatineau, Quebec. And he was always, if two people applied for the job and one had the Cicerone and one didn't, regardless of the level, the, the person with Cicerone is essentially getting the job because like you said, Dane, you can teach the other thing. You can teach them how the LCBO or the SAQ system works. You can teach all those other things because it's just mm -hmm. logic and facts. Whereas like the Cicerone is essentially that passion and mm -hmm. really that understanding and the language yep. of mm -hmm. beer that, you know, you just pick up over time. You just got to be exposed to it. It's just one of those things. So like it's sort of really like illustrating just how important that education is and sort of sticking to and just being around beer whether even yeah. if it's just as like a lot of folks on instagram and, and social media just yapping you know in facebook groups or whatever it might be to other people about beer can really start to you know you just get talking you just learn like i feel like people would if we the three of us were talking about beer and then someone else who wasn't into beer listening you start throwing words around like you know crispy boys or like that, you know, <laughs> and hot names and, and all that type of stuff people are like the fuck are you, what are you talking about, about? Like, yeah you know yeah so it's that's really cool to hear like you you are a real life example of this yeah yeah, yeah. i love that i think yeah. it works i think it works and it's just it's just a demonstration of of passion and and drive for you know the the product in the industry and even if you're not speaking the same language even if it's not about the learning curve because you can also teach people about beer but for somebody who's outside the industry to like spend their time to learn something like that that they may never be able to apply it definitely shows uh shows a lot and I think that's why they're more likely to get hired. For sure. You can't, uh, I think passion is the number one thing that you want anyone that you're looking to hire to have. So that's very cool. Like, and that's also like self guided, self motivated, all of that, uh, all those good stuff. Yeah. That you can't you want. buy passion. Yeah. You can't buy that. So, mm -hmm. no, that's very, very cool. I also wanted to come back to what you mentioned about the diverse uh, vendors. Yes. What does that mm. look like? So we have, uh, we try and do a lot of events. Mm -hmm. So we're, um, a big game changer for us recently 
is uh, Jordan's partner, Kristen, came on board to uh, to help us out with uh, with running some events and honestly helping out a lot with our diversity and inclusion as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so she runs, um, we've done a few markets, mm-hmm. uh, which at okay. first were just w- whichever vendors applied, uh, got in. And now now that we have a lot of people applying, uh, we are looking to to curate like a more diverse group of, uh, of vendors so that we're bringing in a more diverse group of people, right? Mm. Um so that's, that's the uh, yeah. It's been working for us too. Uh, Has it so, worked? Oh, oh. As, as in, it's converted like no people knowing that that truck. Because obviously, you're bringing in like say a food truck or a business that has their own presence, and so then they would advertise that they're going to be serving at a Rouge River event, and then they bring their crowd. Is that how that kind of works? That's definitely part of it. That's definitely okay. part of it. It's also just about representation too, right? Um, which is which is helpful on its own. But uh, them bringing in a crowd that may not know Rouge River or may not know beer or or might know beer really well, it just doesn't know that we're that we're here. Mm. Um, so those days they have a lot of we serve a lot of flights, a lot of flights for nice. sure. A lot of people that are just looking to try try everything. But yeah, uh, well, yeah, they've been they've been really successful. That's, that's cool. So that's cool. discovery. That's great for discovery. Yeah. And I don't think we've, cool. we've kind we've of touched, touched on that, that but in, not, not, just, not speaking to getting different vendors in, I think, cause you're doing the markets. That's, what's very cool. And that's allowing, allowing you to have like a different, like array of different people. We've talked uh-huh. about like maybe letting, um, like, a multicultural like associations come in and rent the venue for the night but i like what you have going on i think that's very cool because for example if i make jamaican t-shirts i don't know i'm just randomly throwing it out there (laughs) and i'm at your market then my friends are going to come see me and then like oh what's this what's this place that you're in they got alcohol i mean and they go yeah Yeah. they have drinks like that's very very cool it's really smart yeah really really smart yeah because it hits on a multiple angles yeah you're also helping your community because you're allowing um like businesses, businesses that are likely not even brick and mortars to have a place to come and sell which is very cool um and like giving them that awareness opportunity but yeah. then in addition um yeah you get drinkers drinkers in there too so very cool yeah yeah, yeah without a doubt nice we, we've really shifted our focus towards our local community in the last maybe six months or so um because of the there are I guess reputation for hazy IPAs. We have a like a fairly broad following across Ontario of people that are into those type of beers. Um, mm-hmm. But really, like for us, we want to be like the Markham Craft Brewery first. Like we are definitely happy to to sell beer to anybody who's interested in in hazy IPAs or or any of the beers we make. But we really want to make sure we're like a community hub first, so that. Mm. Um, the people of Markham feel like we are, we're really there for them. And Markham is not a super white place. Markham is, no, not at all. I think it's a quarter white max. Yeah. Um, So for us, it just doesn't make any sense to, uh, to cater to only one demographic of people. So just to bring everyone in and, and let them know that this is the space that, that you can use is, uh, has been really helpful. Yeah. That was a a segue actually. It's perfect. Cause I was thinking before, like not, a lot of breweries with the, that we either participate in Link Up or even that we interview in general on the pod, you're either going to be in a major city, which are typically just pretty diverse by nature, or mm. they're going to be in a smaller town or city. And typically, those smaller towns or cities aren't the most diverse places in the world, just once again by nature. But mm. for people who don't know, Markham is just a touch north of Toronto. It's part of the GTA. Is that right? It's part of the GTA, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, Wait, yeah, it's considered, right? York yeah, York Region. Yeah. Mm. So Markham has a, a pretty diverse population. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of what I want to sort of tap into is that as a brewery in Markham, are you the only brewery in Markham? You have to be. Uh, there is one other 
but they don't sell beer to go. I don't believe. I think they just make kegs for bars and restaurants. Mm. Can't remember what it's called, but they're like you can't. I don't think they have a tap room or anything like that. It's just sort of like a a big contract facility, maybe. Gotcha. But yeah, they're the only like place you can come and get a a good craft beer in market. Gotcha. Sweet. To go and to drink on premise. Okay. Mm. So being that Markham is uh, a diverse place. Um, is going to be, I mean, did that play a part even before you came on board from what you're aware of? I mean, was that, was, was that angle from Jordan and his partner and, and like something that they were trying to was sort of attract to be like, okay, well, you know, we are white folks in a area that's a quarter white doing a mm. craft beer, you know, a craft brewery that is, uh, you know, unfortunately mostly white um, uh, clientele base. How can we, invite the community at large here to sort of hey everyone's welcome this is some new cool fun stuff and different flavors that you may not have thought of like was that like a part of their initial um you know maybe intention behind the brewery and what they were doing yeah you'd have to ask jordan uh himself to to know for sure but uh from what i can tell it was and they know because jordan grew up in markham like he knows the demographics and he he knew what he was getting into but jordan is also he's very artistic right like he's he's there for the art and the beauty of it so he's he's trying to make the most beautiful beer he can and anybody who wants to come drink it is is uh, is welcome obviously um so i think he set out with the uh with the intention of making it a a community hub and that uh, at that point uh, he didn't, uh, maybe he didn't know who would come. So for the first, you know, a couple of years, you see who, who you're attracting, right? And then you, you adjust from there. Um, so it's always been as far as like when I was a customer there, it's always been a more diverse tap room than the average, uh, just oh, yeah, because okay. of the demographics of the area. So I used to work in Markham before I worked at Rouge River. Uh, and I would stop in all the time. And it was always something that struck me is that the tap room just seemed a little more diverse than the, the normal. So he must have been doing mm-hmm. something right. Uh, at that point to to get folks in yeah that's awesome because that's something that tiff and i always talk about with regard to canada i feel like you know you go to the states or well that's mostly the place that's more yeah. <laughs> you go to the states and you know typically not always but often you go to a tap room and it tends to be a little more diverse maybe they have 10x the people in it is what unless you're in a small town but if you go to yeah. any given city not if you're like in vermont mm-hmm. but uh, if you're vermont's in new york a bit different, or something but yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's exactly what i was thinking yeah um yeah you go to new york one of the biggest cities or whatever the tap rooms are pretty diverse but yeah. in that's really cool to hear man that that automatically without probably just just by nature of being in markham you're automatically attracting that do you could you speak to once again i know i'm probably asking maybe more broader questions but i'm, I'm sort of just curious to and i'm saying this to to give context for other breweries who maybe not in those, those regions and maybe how they could uh, adopt anything that you guys are doing um mm. could you speak to sort of like did any of that diversity of the area impact Rouge River's behaviors towards whether it's producing the beers, whether it's the anything else within mm. the tap room or any just anything to do with the brewery period events or whatever. Um, as far as just knowing, hey, look, okay, so we're in this area, this is a pretty diverse uh neighborhood of or mm. uh, I don't want to call it a neighborhood, it's more than a neighborhood, it's a is no, it it's, a city? Yeah, it's a whole. It's like a, a, re- a region. No, because York is the name. region. Suburb? Yeah, it's a city. Yeah. City? Okay, sweet. City. It's a pretty diverse city in and of itself, right next to Toronto, but kind of, you know, like it's where anywhere else in Australia, we would call it a suburb of, of Melbourne. So like it'd be a suburb of mm. Toronto the way I see it. So like 
yeah, did, just knowing that that's there, did that sort of impact any of the, whether it's the beers itself or, or you know, even before you came, was there um, the, the uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the vendors and stuff like that for the events? Because mm-hmm. maybe if Jordan's thrown an event, um, then the the vendors that might even hit him up or that he would know that a local are just going right. to inherently be diverse. So just just curious to how much that impacts the diversity of the whole approach to the business, uh, you know, as opposed to maybe like proactively being welcoming and, and going after different ones as opposed to like, oh, these guys are just all local. Oh, they happen to be Thai. There's Viet, there's Chinese, there's Indian, right. there's Jamaican, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the I think the vibe of the whole tap room, and, and our business business is very tap room centric. We sell the vast majority of our beer out, out the front door, uh, and the bar has sixty about sixty seats in it. So we we do most of our business right right on premise. And I think it all starts from like curating the vibe um, from the second the customer walks in. So I know they've they've always had like inclusive um, flags. Uh, throughout the brewery, uh, stickers nice. on the uh, on the door when you walk good, in, good. Good um, but everything to the music too, right? So, uh, music's a good way to to curate or to cater to a certain demographic or another, right? If you put on country music uh, all day, you're going to attract a certain demographic, and uh, that's never been the the vibe at Rouge River. It's always been uh, a more inclusive uh, atmosphere, and I think he's mm-hmm. done a really good job from day one of of making that happen. That's and that's. Nice. Uh, just small, like subtle ways of just letting letting people know mm. that you're welcome here. Yeah, I, I would definitely really say key. I've been in those heavy metal breweries, and they don't always feel very. Uh, hey, <laughs> you! <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think the music that's such a cool way to look at that too, um, and that's why I think it's also important to have like the because some breweries which I love sometimes it's like oh brewer's choice or like some it's like random people get to have their Spotify on for example. Mm. So it's like whoever's brewing or whoever's just in the back or the tapper manager gets their choice or whatever. And I think that also when you have a diverse team, it allows there for it to be a mix of music that kind of comes on too, which is very cool. Um, so then everyone gets a little bit of taste. But if you have like a very homogenous brewery and everyone loves metal, then you're just blasting metal, <laughs> the, uh, you know, through the brewery. Yeah. Uh, and I've been, yeah, I've been in the tap rooms where I was like, this is awkward. Or I was just like, these lyrics <laughs> yeah. are intense. One time I was just sitting, I won't say where, but sitting by myself, uh, drinking, and I was just like listening to the music. I was like, these lyrics are terrifying. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> from what I could even discern. So, I was, yeah. yeah. I was in a brewery. Just looking like... around. Go on, sorry, Dan. No, please, yeah. please. No, no, I was just saying, you're just looking around wondering if anyone else is hearing these lyrics. Yeah, yeah. literally that's how <laughs> yeah, I felt. Sure. Like, I think of it yeah. vividly because it just felt like I was in, like, a TV show or something like that because it just seemed, I was just like, everyone's just, okay. You're I all. was with some friends at a brewery not too long ago, and uh, I didn't really know them super well. And uh, we were in a brewery, and they were playing metal, and we went to a different section where you could hear the music a bit louder, and they're like, this is not our vibe. And they were white, and I didn't know what they were into, and they, were, they felt uncomfortable with the metal. And they were like, can we go back out where it's quieter? And I was like... Oh, okay. So it's, you know, you you almost can't call it. And I think it's really like, I feel like I could count on one hand, maybe two hands tops, how many breweries that are playing hip hop authentically. Uh I'm saying hip hop just because it's like, um, you can play a mix yeah it's like anything well, you, know saying, you can probably that, pick get away with pop most, well no you should do vibe, <laughs> you yeah. should do vibe. i'm saying it in yeah. the sense whenever we do the interviews when we used to do them in person we go to we, I mean, we visit breweries a lot anyway but like you go and like 80 90 percent were some sort of metal punk hardcore rock type stuff mm. then you'd find a brewery that would play hip-hop and you're like what is happening 
like it would trip yeah. us out like to the point where it was like i'd never heard this this is strange to hear rap music and then li- and then drinking fire literally yeah. other half and casey casey was exactly casey. what i was thinking of in those, denver in oh well not denver at all um, in somewhere between, in colorado yeah Two. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure maybe there's been three. But I want to talk okay. about the authenticity of that. That yeah. was kind of where I was going, where some breweries might be playing that and there's nobody of color on the team at all. But, I mean, hip hop is maybe not the best example because it's essentially pop at this point. Yeah, that's why I was saying pop because I was like, that kind of yeah, rolls in that category now. Um, but, um, then a difference because honestly, someone who likes Taylor Swift should be able to hear that too. That's what I was thinking. It's kind of like, like nice when you have the stuff. diverse team, maybe if you let everyone play the music and things like that. Otherwise, you just have to be like aware and be like, hey, even though I like this genre, maybe I shouldn't just like stick to this one thing and play it because everything is a signal in the end, right? Like every element, the ambiance that you have, the the way your cans look, your social media presence, the way your employees look, they're all like signals that people pick up and decide if they feel comfortable in a place or not. So... Um, that's kind of what you just said jane that was like a a series of small things that that kind of indicated like oh i'm welcome here Mm -hmm. and i felt good about that yeah yeah and it uh so we're not trying to drive away the swifties by not playing taylor swift Taylor (laughs) Swift does come on from time to time um but let's say if we if we are playing hip-hop and if it's a if it's a crowd of people that uh i don't know like a bunch of old white guys that might not be super into it uh my goal is for them to like go to their friends who are into it and say hey you would love this place you should come check this place out because that's that's what you're into. So there's little like little knock-on effects too. Uh, yeah. I'm not trying to drive anyone away by playing like a, only one type of music. Yeah. Um, but the goal is just to like let people know that you know if you know anybody who who might be into to what we're about, then then tell them to come by. Yeah. Awesome. I do that. Was there any sort of like stuff that you guys have done, whether it's in diversity or otherwise, as far as like community collaborations or just working with? different aspects of the community that you would consider as say like a win that you could share that like other breweries could be like, Oh wow, that's something that we could do. Is there anything you guys that you can think of you guys have done? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say probably the biggest one would be uh, our drag shows. So we, we work with a group called triple threat drag. Uh, at least one of them is from Markham. And uh, after the first drag show uh, that we did at, at Rouge, they, they came up to us and, and said, you know, growing up, queer in Markham, I didn't have a space where like anything like this existed. So like, thank you for, for, for hosting this. And and honestly, they don't need to say thank you to us at all. It was our, it was our pleasure. And it was a, it was a great night. All the customers loved it. It it worked out super, super well. Um, But that's an easy win that, that, you know, just, it just takes reaching out. It doesn't take a lot of work to, to get something like that going. Right. Right. Uh, Another, another great one's been, um, we have a big blank wall in the brewery. We couldn't figure out what to do with uh, forever. And uh, now we have uh, an Indigenous artist who has their art up there. Uh, and customers can check it out, can come buy it. Uh, and that's really important to us. So we're really trying to work with more Indigenous artists whenever we can. Um, Jordan, is uh, his background's Métis. Uh, and then on my side, I have a great-grandmother who's Indigenous to Venezuela and then a great-grandmother who's Indigenous Guyanese. So cool. that's a big, uh, a big area for us that we're trying to improve our our activism in and uh, and so far like there's that's just an example of something that is really easy um but it makes the place more beautiful and it uh and it, it's not a ton of effort honestly interesting Love that. so it's it's like a proactive approach but thoughtful and authentic and multi-prong yeah it's from everywhere yeah you're hitting them on every side it's great it's really no, smart this is awesome. it's great yeah it's very I, cool i didn't know any of this I yeah i just had jordan on because i guess we were just talking about the the real beer side so this is why 
these pods, I think, are still really important to really get that kind of perspective. It's just like, it's inspiring, to be honest, dude. Like, that I feel like I want to see other breweries do the same thing. Because, like, I was saying to you off air, like, I feel like a lot of breweries don't know where to start. And it feels maybe mm-hmm. a little bit intimidating sometimes to be like, oh, what do I do to make you know to, to help people nobody wants their business to not feel welcoming nobody yeah. like that would be ridiculous um For sure. so it's like some people just don't know how to switch it up particularly if your staff is maybe a little bit uh, monoculture so like you've given a bunch of really easy examples on For how sure. to sort of like invite lgbt different backgrounds different artists who from different cultures and stuff and just really so and then the music selection yeah and then it's the like the vendors the tap the room the, the the vibe like you have food trucks it doesn't even have yeah. to be an event you can yeah. just have a brewery that doesn't have a kitchen and have food truck pop-ups like you know yeah. different food truck every night change the damn cuisine and have different yeah. stuff you know it's just oh, sure. it's kind of rudimentary it sounds like from the way you're saying this is just it's so matter of fact and just like yeah it's what we do <laughs> yeah but, i mean it, it yeah. sounds like a lot when you when you list it out like that but really like each one of those is just like a really simple easy easy way sometimes it's one email one phone call and then it's mm. set up just like that right um but there's a there's a saying i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna butcher it but it's like uh energy flows where attention goes or something right. like that um, exactly yeah that's exactly right, right? it yes. yeah okay. yes well yeah so if you're if you're thinking about these things if they matter to you uh you will put you will find time like i know as, as a small business we're super busy jordan and i are the only two full-time people who who work at Rouge, right? Um, so mm-hmm. for us, it's not uh, we're not sitting around dr- drinking beers all day, like trying to think up things to do. We have to, we, if we want to get something execute. done, we have to be proactive about it, execute on it quickly. And and uh, these things, they don't take a ton of work. They just take a little bit of attention, a little bit of care, a little bit of research, uh, and you can make it happen. Man, that's so well said. Yeah, and I really feel like that's the kind of like the perfect summary of any approach to to all of this type of stuff and whether it's diversity or just like tapping in a little deeper to the community at large and sort of knowing who you're working with and what's around you and how to sort of make like you know breweries it feels like the way beer is going it's coming it's becoming more local as opposed Mm -hmm. to like you know a lot of uh, american breweries i've known because we don't really have it here in canada but a lot of the american ones that are maybe like they'll have a west coast brewery and an east coast brewery like those ones are maybe consolidating a little bit and Mm -hmm. kind of downsizing because Mm -hmm. it's like they're focusing more on on that local side and it really just shows like how important that like local focuses and being like okay well this is who is in our area how can we make as many of our local residents feel welcome first and foremost and then everyone else who comes in from you know from elsewhere to visit is like we got you we got different cuisines we got different music we got different vibes you're gonna see yourself in uh, essentially what you're doing is trying to make sure everybody can kind of see themselves in something whether it's the food whether it's the labels whether it's the music whether it's the art and i don't know i feel like that's that's all that kind of summarizes it that's wicked man yeah yeah i agree 100 percent. it's uh it's really all about community and it's not just in beer like in general you know we all live in our separate little houses now and we drive we get in our cars and we drive to where we're going we talk maybe on the internet but like the sense of community uh has really been eroded and it's nice Mm. that the brewery can be a place to kind of start building that back um but yeah at the end of the day like it's i think the whole community is better off for it a hundred percent. Could not yeah. agree more. Yeah, definitely. That was, that was such a great summary uh, right there. Yeah. Honestly, diversity is 
it's the future of craft beer at, at this point as well. Like craft beer growth has been so stagnant um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And th- I can guarantee you that no style of beer is going to change that. Like let's say whatever the next cool style of beer is, it's not going to like change that line from here to start going like this. Mm. Uh, what can what can change that is, is just bringing in groups that are already there, already ready to go and just don't have a, a way in to, to be into beer yet. Right. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. I just and think that's- it makes a lot of sense that's an issue we're thinking and addressing too is like i think we're at a max of like the same type of person who likes beer. that's probably why we're not seeing that growth and it's like you need yeah. to expand to different places and you need to mm-hmm. understand the purchasing power that are in these other communities too yeah. whether it be black asian hispanic and any other community it's like so untapped and it's like in the end i feel no like seltzers and liquor oh yeah untapped huh? nice <laughs> <laughs> and whether the um you know the, the liquor business understands that you know when they have all the ways to track people seltzers are kind of getting in there a little bit too so it's like craft beer needs to do that you know they it's here it's a long it's been here for a long time the big guys kind of understood that to an extent too and it's like yeah we need to catch up otherwise yeah craft beer mm. is definitely not going to grow you know it's it's just necessary now um, yeah, the big guys are diversifying mm-hmm. their products as far as the canned stuff and everything. And I like to say, well, we've, we've talked about this kind of at length, but like, you know, I sort of noticed in a lot of the American breweries are having, you know, draft wine, draft cocktails, seltzers, ciders, a whole bunch of different stuff to offer people to be like, hey, well, maybe you might not like beer, but come on in because we have a whole bunch of other stuff for you. And then hopefully you'll end up trying the beer, which is the primary reason for these businesses existing. But you uh-huh. bring them in, so like if me and you are going to a brewery and we're bringing a bunch of friends, obviously we're going to want to go to a brewery, but we want to go to a place that's going to be welcoming. you got friends who doesn't drink beer, but you got, hey, these four other options for you. Um, it kind of makes it more welcoming. So there's like there's so many things that like breweries and, and people can do to just sort of make that build a bridge really is what it is to sort mm-hmm. of not have that like a wall anybody have a wall up to be like, i don't want to go there they just serve beer i don't drink beer well like yeah you can get these other options yeah which are gonna say share you gonna be totally happy and the food's fire too and then they'll come in like oh, wow the, the vibe is great people are so nice everything's really cool hey that beer looks awesome let me try that and then you know all of a sudden you're converting somebody so it's kind of more just bringing as many opportunities for conversion as possible at this particular point in time that's really what we need to be doing like you said we can't have the one people but like whether it's like ethnically or culturally but also just like what's the word like what's the word for like someone like someone who doesn't like beer is what i'm trying to say taste buddy i don't know <laughs> <laughs> taste buddy yeah. yeah i was like yeah, preference yeah. exactly oh, there you go. thank <laughs> you dan yeah, someone's smart <laughs> um so like you know like someone who have a preference you know there's like a beer person but maybe someone who's like either mildly open to beer or not at all but they could still be welcome in a brewery and i think that almost like you said diversity is the future of craft beer diversity in humans Mm -hmm. but i think Mm -hmm. diversity in offerings yeah i think those two things and then offerings both particularly in in the beverage side of things and then you want to you know drill down a little further to maybe food like whether you have a kitchen or not but then you guys already have the solution to that with various you know food businesses popping up you know Mm -hmm. offering different things there's taco night there's a banh mi night and then blah 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 and all of a sudden you got all these different type of cuisines that go and you've got a million different uh, products that go with all of those things. Mm-hmm. So it's just For like sure. a, a culinary sure. beverage experience. It's just lit and fun. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And you really got to try and think about it from a perspective that's that's different from your own, right? So I, I only know what it's like to walk into a tap room as a straight white guy who loves beer. So that's that's the only perspective that I know. So when I walk in and I see like 12 taps, they have an option for a flight uh, or you can get a pint. It's like, okay, everything I need <laughs> is available, right? <laughs> right. Um, but th- that's not the way that everybody walks into a brewery. So you really got to take yourself out of that uh, that mindset and think about like, okay, let's say I don't like beer. Let's say, you know, whatever it may be, whatever my preference is, like, is this place kind of like set up for me, right? And it's not mm-hmm. that hard to have a couple different wines. It's not that hard to have. We have a cider on tap. We've had that for over a year now. And that's like, it's been huge. It really sells. Like people, people nice. will drink a beer if they have to sometimes. Um, but if they just would prefer a cider, I'm happy to, to give that to them. Like it doesn't make a, it doesn't ruin my day to serve someone a cider if they like it just a little bit more than a beer. So uh, just having those options available is not uh, not the hardest thing in the world. No, I love that. Even if you don't make it, like you can outsource it pretty easily for the most part from the way I understand the licenses work and whether it's like, excuse me, cider, seltzer, something like that, that, that would cover under at under the license that you have uh-huh. um you'd be able to sort of bring them bad boys in and just give a few different options but uh yeah it's diversity of everything uh, that's awesome man i really feel like we uh we got some really good points in this one yeah this is awesome definitely. killed it man thank you for for dropping the knowledge on everybody and letting us know uh a little bit more about what you guys are doing i think that there's a lot that uh similar businesses could take from this and immediately apply mm-hmm. and increase you know whether it's bottom line or different you know different people coming into the brewery connecting with different businesses in the community to just build that sort of networking thing and that feeling of community wherever you may be based it's um hella cool yeah you're definitely doing it right you have the intentionality which is so key and the authenticity and i think that's just like the winning formula yeah um and probably proactiveness that's (laughs) execution you know because you gotta do the thing all the above (laughs) Um, but uh yeah i think it's a winning combo you guys are killing it it's awesome um thank you thank you i really really appreciate that it's uh it's something that's really important to us and i do have to shout out again uh, jordan's partner Kristen, who has helped make a lot of this happen since she came on so huge shout out to her Hey, Kristen. Kristen. <laughs> That's amazing. We definitely have to get all you guys on for the next uh, Rouge River Big Pod that we do and get all three of you guys on and really just get more deep into that because the beer stuff is obviously fun and that's the passion side, but I feel like the other stuff is important, is really important as well. And, yeah. Uh, um, we waited way too long between pods. I think it was like four years or something like that between uh, the last ones that we did, so that's not happening again. So next time... <laughs> Let's let's get the whole team in and uh, and really get get deeper into that. It's fantastic. But Dane, thank you so much, man, for hanging out and and drill. I know these are, ones are a little bit shorter. I could go for hours, honestly. <laughs> um, but uh, this is fantastic. The beer is is, is genuinely awesome. fire. I just saw somebody on Untapped when I just went to it, and someone said uh, verbatim. Let me see. Light, crushable citrus with a mild bitters on the finish. So easy to drink. One of the best pilsners I've had in a while. Someone nice, said. sweet, love it. And uh, I appreciate you guys as well putting the full write up about Link Up and and everything in the uh, in the untyped description, which is, is is beautiful. So people get to sort of read about it and learn about it um, as they you know checking into the beer and, and and you know figuring out what the hops are and all that type of stuff. So that's awesome, dude. Thank you for that. Appreciate no it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Genuine pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. Um, let's take the screenshot now. Do you want to hold up the old uh, the can there? 
Babe, you want to get the can or do you want to hold your glass oh, as well? Oh, I'll do can. You can do Because you got more in your glass. You should hold the glass up too. Okay, hold that glass. Oh, yeah, hold yeah, sure. The glass. Do both. Yeah. I'm trying to save it for dinner. I know. I understand. I know you did. <laughs> yeah, it's the move. Okay, ready? Beautiful. Awesome. Um, Dane, we're going to wrap up here. Um, stick around afterwards and we'll, we'll finish up off air. But brother, thank you again for hanging out and for, for spearheading this. To be honest, you personally spearheaded Series 6. You were the first one we spoke to to get you guys locked in. Um, and then, you know, we're able oh, to get Oh, thanks for going. your work. Thank yeah. you so much for assisting on the project. <laughs> it really was. It, it truly was. Appreciate that. Appreciate so that. It, it was really great. Um, it's an honor to have you guys involved. I've been a fan for a long time and uh, this be respected spectacular and thank you for the just the thoughtfulness behind everything man like it for us you know we didn't see it until uh at launch which is also part of the fun we mm -hmm. don't know we, do, we don't ask you guys to share what the beer is and, and what the label is so we get to see it then i'm like yo this is sick um and the beer is as, as great as i thought it would be so uh, just thank you for that man it just means a lot that you guys really put this thought into it and you know and everything else that you're doing for the community and to you know contribute to to spreading the gospel of craft beer to all walks of life. It's a wonderful no worries, thing. No worries. It's been a blast. And uh, I hope you two will want to come by the brewery soon and maybe we'll report yes, a, po I was uh, a podcast in person. It's been a minute. We should yeah. definitely do these all yeah. in person yeah, yeah. once. Yes. And at the very least, grab a beer. So we'll uh, yes, please. We'll chat about that afterwards. But uh, Dane, thank you uh, again for joining us, guys. Thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Ding. So you know when the new drops. Follow us everywhere at BOS podcast and of course at link up beer everywhere it's also linkupbeer.org we are accepting new applications for anybody who wants to apply to the program whether it's for cicerone or anything else uh we also have our scholarship with niagara college that has been announced now um so closes october october 9th october 9th for applications so this will be well out a, a couple months before that so make sure you um apply if you you know you're in you qualify you're in the position it's basically 50 percent of the tuition so it's pretty fire no basically it is sorry you're 50 percent right. of your tuition covered so that you can get into the brewing industry and start brewing some beer that's what we want to see and awesome. then we'll support you all the way through as well whether with mentorship so you also get mentorship from our network of brewers which is awesome brewers salespeople, uh taproom managers everybody operations all the guys and gals and and everyone everybody yeah everyone's getting involved so make sure you go and apply for that all the details at linkupbeer.org we have a nice blog post that explains everything there um yeah that's this it. A, i can't even remember i kind of lost my track it's because we went to the scholarship that. but what i feel like that's say? it yeah you said follow link up and you said follow beer that's less. really the main stuff and the scholarship is the big one we really want to make sure that we that's like a huge step in our goal to diversify the industry at all levels. Yes. So, you know, we're working on the taproom with our Cicerone scholarship um, and sales as well. And then this is like getting people into the, the back of the house side. too in the production yeah. side. Um, and then who knows what other scholarships will come. So there might be more. That's why you got to follow us on social so you can keep it locked. Exactly. And yeah. also make sure you go to Rouge River Brewery or Brewing.com. Yes. Cop that. Do, always, always do the Rouge right thing. Brewery.com. Brewery.com. Yeah. Grab the link up beer. It can be delivered to your doorstep anywhere in this glorious province of Ontario. You can be oh, sniffing those Centennial Simcoe hops like we are right now. Guys, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks again, Dane. Cheers, y'all. Bye. Thanks, Peace. Dane.